Money Can't Buy You Class, a podcast situated at the intersection of critical theory and reality television. Yes. Hi, everybody. Um, today, we are really thrilled to welcome our guest, uh, Natasha Stagg, who is the author of Sleeveless, Fashion, Image, Media, New York, 2011 to 2019, as well as the novel Surveys. Um, so hi, Natasha. Welcome. And thanks so much. For hi, being thanks here. for having me. Yeah, um, thanks for being here from, from me as well. Um, <laughs> um, so the first, so we're, we're, we're going to kind of structure, we're not going to do like a whole question and answer thing uh, for this podcast, but the first uh, question that we ask people when we have them on the podcast is, um, is kind of about like their, their origin story to reality television. Um, like we know that you write about it. Uh, we know that you think about it critically, but um, like, did, have you been watching the Kardashians since its inception or did you watch uh, New York City first or what? Um, I have not been watching any of the housewives or the Kardashians since the inception. I think I kind of came late to reality television in general, like um, in comparison to my friends, at least, because I was sort of like anti at the beginning, like with the real world and all of those. Um, I was like, I can't deal with, you know, the camera angles. I need everything to look sort of more polished. But then I think so I missed the beginning of like a lot of those shows that I watch now and didn't realize how polished they are <laughs> until later. And then I was like, okay, I can actually handle this because it's so edited that it does feel like sort of a, just a drama, you know, mm -hmm. when it's good. Yeah. We've talked about the kind of like how difficult it is to go back to watching early seasons of Real Housewives like how the like the can the oldness like the anachronism of it is like really hard to deal with like it, it's kind of off-putting when it's like the original seasons when no one really knows like what the show yeah. is yet and also the like I did watch The Simple Life mm -hmm. when it was first on just because I was like interested in Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie enough that I would like endure it but I remember being like this is really upsetting like the the sound effects are, were just so distracting but I think they've really mastered it now. <laughs> Not yeah. other other reality shows. You know, I think like this season of Beverly Hills, like I keep talking about it with my friends. It's like so beautifully done. Yeah, they've got, I was thinking about that too. I was watching like old seasons of Atlanta and then I saw like a newer season of New York or I was watching a recent episode of New York and like just the way that the backdrops are changed, the way that like the houses are all set up, there's no, no mm -hmm. clutter there's no real stuff in it yeah. at all yeah it's also like I think it's kind of influencing the way um the way those people like decorate their homes but then also obviously like the way everyone decorates their homes because like 
TV is influential, you know? And so it's like, I don't know. I like, I was just talking to one of my friends about how like our, our mutual friend, I've never been to his home, but they were like, uh, you should go over there. Cause it just looks like a reality television filming set. And like, that's just his like main like passion is watching those shows. So he's just influenced wow. so much by it that his, the inside of his house looks like that now. <laughs> well, on Salt Lake, on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, there was all like this kind of speculation about how none of them really own any of the houses that uh, they live in. And when you look closely at the background, it's in fully empty kitchen. <laughs> like it's a rented home. There's like maybe a Keurig and like a single mug. And it's like when you pay closer attention, you're like, wait, wait a minute. Like this is, this is really kind of yeah, uncanny. Yeah. I mean, definitely there's like too much pressure on the housewives to like keep up with appearances. And so like, of course I wouldn't put it past any of them to like rent or like Airbnb for a whole season or something. Definitely. Um, so I think what we like, we're mostly really excited to talk to you about today was kind of the ending of the Kardashians, um, especially because you, you know, write so wonderfully about them and sleeveless and um, yeah, like, did you watch this last season and did you have any thoughts about it? I did. I think like the more I think about the last season, the more I'm bewildered by it. It's such a strange way to end things. Um, like being that meta, but then not being like transparent about how meta it was and and just giving these little clues. And it's kind of, I don't know, like doing like the reunion show where they were like, all bets are off. Like every question is gonna be asked. But then I feel like we didn't really learn enough about like Kanye and why he wasn't on the show at yeah. all. And they never asked anything about Rob. <laughs> it's like, we've just forgotten that Rob exists, even though he'll like, show Poor up Rob. in a FaceTime call once in a while. And it's like, the fact that he's not on the show and it hasn't been for years. And the fact that like Kendall and Kylie slowly like left the show for all intents and purposes, but then are like fully on board with like promoting it, but get away with like, just not showing up to, you know, the family events all the time and like that Kanye is not there you know the fact that like it's just so hard to like get any of these people to be like part of these like so-called family events just not really questioned yeah. and I think like Andy Cohen went in really deep with other things like relationship stuff with the rest of them but then for some reason like left things out and I was like I don't know if he just doesn't care as much but I, I wanted more from him yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like especially because they like set it up as as a reveal, like even physically, they had the big curtain and the curtain was opening and they showed yeah. the crew. Yeah. So you so I feel like physically it was this huge reveal, but like actually when I when it came down to it, it was it was only that on like the on like the most basic of levels. Yeah. Yeah, Phoebe and I I was mentioning to Phoebe that um you know, like the, the image for the season is, you know, them, their silhouettes behind like a gold shimmery curtain. And usually it's them, you know, bearing it all like jeweled up. And, and I do feel like there's like, there was this real sense of like, 
we're just going to reveal stuff to you, which was kind of like, we got to see the crew and they had a, they had kind of a business meeting and we kind of got to see this like other side of the way that they function. But I think that the reveal was so like kept internal that it wasn't, didn't really feel like, didn't have the impact that I, I thought it might, or I don't, and I don't know why I thought we would get more from them with an ending, but, but I guess I kind of, I don't did. know what I expected either. I was kind of just like, oh, I can't wait for like, I don't know. I mean, Scott is dating a 19 year old. Like it's, there were like certain things that they just totally left out. And they also like really like tried to cover up like so specifically, like it's just like, oh, are like Courtney and Scott going to get back together? Like, obviously not. We know that because we're like in living in the world of now, like we can't like pretend to like go back in time and not know these things. Right. I mean, that's what Phoebe, we've talked about that a lot, like kind of like time structures that exist, like where you're supposed to be like invested in a time that's being played out on the show. But then like, we're here watching Courtney, like be obsessed with Travis Barker. (laughs) And like, we're supposed to just forget that, or we're supposed to like get on their timeline or something. Yeah, for sure. I mean, something that, um, I don't know if you guys feel this as well, but I've always felt that with uh, with Chris, with Chris Jenner, like it's obviously a super like matriarchal show. Um, it's totally structured around around woman and the mother and the daughter, and like the it's almost like the Elena Ferrani novels, which in my mind are about like the transition from daughter to mother, and there's not really any in between. Um, but I I don't know, like when I um. When I was like a kid, I'd go to my friend's house and I'd see like their mom dressing them up in like really nice clothes or whatever. And like, there was something about like, even if I got to like borrow the clothes of the friend, there was something so incomplete because you still weren't like completely um, like subjugated or whatever to like the mother's love in the same way that the other kid was, you know, like you can, you can wear their nicer clothes. You can like eat their better home-cooked food but you can't really be part of that fit and there's something there's something to me that was like almost incredibly protective or or like strangely motherly about Kris Jenner in this season and I, I I don't know I just I just think that that's that's something that that struck me as like very important that like she there there is a sense of protection that like in other reunions even you don't have the moms, you don't, you don't have that level. Mm-hmm. So there's no one stopping you. There's, there, there isn't really that structure. Yeah. That's interesting. Also, like, I, I have to think about Chris in relation to the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and how she's like, almost part of that. She's part of that friend group. If there is a real, you know, she's part of Kyle's friend. <laughs> yeah. And like, the fact, yeah, that we're watching kind of like two generations simultaneously, maybe like past and future. Yeah, no, Chris is Chris is like uh, Chris is such a funny character, and I love that she used to be a flight attendant. I think that that was one of the <laughs> best things that we ever learned about her. You know. Uh, because I think that like flight attendants first, like I hate flying, so I feel like flight attendants. It's like the bravest profession uh ever you know but but there is something that's like this excess 24 7 like hospitality mm-hmm. with the flight attendant mm-hmm. um but there's also kind of especially because she's a little bit older there's like this uh total sexiness 
with being in the air and zooming around. And, and I, I love that she actually had like a, a type of job that's hard, but also sexy and very like womanly. And then she kind of ended up where she is now. Yeah. She still is kind of in flight attendant mode. Like she's, I, I feel like it must be very frustrating to like be one of her daughters and to like know that her intentions are to exploit you, but also to exploit the relationship that she has with you that must be, you know, so nurturing. Like she, like she wants it to appear nurturing. So if you're somebody who wants to be nurtured, like, do you take that or leave it, you know? And mm. like, you get exploited for the sake of be- being nurtured by her or do you, like Courtney say like, I don't want this anymore. It's not worth it. And then like, maybe that's what I expected from the end of the show you know like of course I wasn't gonna get this but the the realization or like the epiphany that you know Chris hasn't been helping these people she's been hurting them and like maybe Rob would come out and say why he left and you know whatever it's like all these men are like you know part of the Kardashian curse like maybe they could all say something about it or whatever it's just like what have we learned but really in the end you can't say that you can't say like we've learned that the show must stop because it is ruining these people's lives and you know they don't have any privacy anymore whatever it's like they there are things about the show that have made it harder to live as a kardashian and they've learned that and they've like wanted those parts of it to end and I think those cons outweighed the pros eventually but they can't come out and say that because they also have a deal with Hulu coming up and they also have to continue to like promote their brands on social media so like nothing is ending it's just this like very specific kind of like hijinks oriented like e-entertainment channel timeline focused show like that's it it's just one of their many products the deal with hulu like i do wonder what that show is gonna be or like what that content will be and i think like i mean i was thinking this too you know like with courtney post show she's like revealed more about her life and herself on her instagram and then social media than she like ever did um and it kind of and, you know, even like Addison Ray being a, like kind of a central part of like the last season, this kind of like TikTok star. And there's this kind of exchange going on with like who's on whose channels. And and I feel like this kind of and even the last season, they filmed a lot of it self-filmed because of like COVID or like Chloe was in the car a lot on her phone filming. I feel like there's this kind of transition to like TikTok-y Instagram stuff that's like that's kind of the show or that's like, that's where they're going to live or that's how we're going to access them. And it's going to be more important than before because there's no show. I'm not really sure like how that's going to affect it. Or like, if you have any, do you watch TikTok? Like, do you have any thoughts about that kind of like next step? I'm like pretty checked out with like all Mm -hmm. social media right now, but I, I mean, I noticed that like they're all on TikTok and they're all, doing like exactly what you're supposed to do like on TikTok you know what I mean and it's like kind of cringe because they're just like 
doing these like little dances and like making objects appear in their hands and stuff. And it's like, okay, well, you have these like, you know, like brand consultants helping you or whatever it is. And I'm sure part of leaving the television show was somebody saying like, I think it's actually hindering the social media content. Like maybe nobody was like, you should leave the show just to help the social media content. But there is sort of the, the timeline issue, you know, it's like live in the present. Don't, don't make your life yeah. about a thing that is being filmed that will be revealed six months from now. That's like the way of the influencer today. So yeah, like I, I noticed the shift in all of their lives, but I think that was happening before anyway, with like Kendall and Kylie kind of checking out of the show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But also there's, I mean, I thought one of the funniest parts of the last season was the fact that they were like filming for, like, they were filming on like a VHS camera for like a, um, for a time capsule. And then they also had to like bury like oh, yeah. these objects for a time capsule, which like the objects themselves were like the funniest part of the yeah. last season because they were all <laughs> promotional except for Kendall's like every single one was like a t-shirt that they like made or like a lipstick <laughs> or something and like the fact that they were like this reminds me of like this episode or you know it's like they weren't like saying like what episode but they were basically saying like these little objects are like the only things that are like mementos from this television show like they're basically reveal it's kind of like it was so like weirdly like Truman show, like this has been a TV show the whole time, you know, like the only reason we did this was to sell these products. And, you know, like this is all that came out of it is products. And then Kendall seemed like out of the loop. Cause she was like, I were, I'm burying a picture of our first house. And I was like, Kendall, like, <laughs> did you not get the memo? And then she was also kind of like the last one to like, talk on the reunion special and she also was like a little bit too sort of like like I wonder if this is affecting our brains like too sort of like trying to figure things out instead of like already passed it into like promotional mode like the rest of them um mm -hmm. but yeah also I was gonna say like the time the time capsule thing is so ridiculous because they can you know the time capsule is the show it's not being buried it's gonna be reruns forever like you can see you don't like the whole point of a time capsule is that you like forget it and then you unearth it and see like yeah. oh this surprises me because it was 10 years ago and I don't remember it you know that's not a possibility mm -hmm. when it's like being filmed yeah the, I mean also it's like the time capsule for who because this season was like it was like strangely obsessed with like aliens um and strangely obsessed with like everything um, like extraterrestrial. And even in like the first five episodes, each episode Kim would be like, wait, is that a shark? Oh no, 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 that's a dolphin. <laughs> like every, it was very weird. I thought that there was some like, um, I don't know. It was one of those like uh, like satanic ritual things where it's like, you don't really know. It's like code word or something like that. Oh, so yeah. I like, I, I don't know. Like I wonder if they're like trying to communicate like who I, I think I don't even think that they were very clear with like who the time capsule was 
was for, but it was a, it was a very weird way because it's also right because it's about the reveal. It's about opening something up. But in fact, what they're doing at the end of it is they're making a strange type of memento. But as you're saying, like it's not for people who who would forget. You know, it's for people who, or or it's for like some type of being, which is like which is like outwards or something. I kind of had a question about like even the like going back to your original comment about the houses, like your your friend's house, which mimics the the Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, I really wonder, like in the same vein that like interior design for, for normal people like us who are not on a hit reality television show, it mimics, it starts to mimic uh, the design choices or the aesthetic of the housewives or of the Kardashians. You even see that with people's bodies, like people get the Kim Kardashian face. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wonder if that is even like, a, like that mimicry can be applied to like the formal device of ending in the way that the Kardashians ended. Like I, you know, like I want, because, you know, I, I feel like, I feel like up until perhaps even like, like 21st century, like I, I don't even know, but like an ending has been an ending. Um, and it's the ending of a narrative or the ending is a death or the ending is a reveal. But I feel like with the Kardashians, you see that their ending is, it's a nothingness. It's a void, it's purely a continuation. It's, it's an ending of, of branded form into another branded form. And I wonder if like you can, if you understand that as like a narrative trend uh, in, I don't know, in, 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 in forms which aren't necessarily reality television. Does that, does that make sense or? Yeah, I think so. Um, I guess, I mean, so like there's one type of, sort of literary ending that is like a death or yeah like there's you know the the plot must end because of x y or z and there's another I feel like there's another type of very like used overused even like literary ending that is sort of a birth or even like um or even a uh like zooming out like the right. like the classic like James Joyce the dead like zooming out onto the world and like everybody is you know in there it's like imagine how big the world is all those people in their like apartments are all living their own lives just like the lives you just watched on this show or read in this story or something so like I think there's like maybe I don't know. I feel like I'm not like well read enough in in um, 21st century <laughs> literature, but maybe maybe there would be a trend that that reality TV has um, influenced, and it's kind of more like a like a hall of mirrors instead of either one of those or any of the, the three other options because. Yeah, like I don't think there can be an end to to reality television to any one show. And usually there are spin-offs. And so there's like this idea that, you know, like you're you're putting an end to one type of framing device, but you're 
looking towards another one immediately and like getting the viewers to pivot hopefully to that one. So if anything, like that would maybe become influential. And, you know, if I had, I don't know if I've seen that really in literature, but, but probably there's, there's sort of a impulse to not leave anybody, you know, in a like middling zone of like a birth or a death or zooming out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, even Ulysses ends with like, I mean, I guess they're, I understand Ulysses down with like the orgasm, which is very, you know, it's the end. It's like the the French thing. It's like, that's like a very college smoking weed for like the first time statement. But, but you know what I mean? Like, but, but the Kardashians are just like, even, I, I just feel like there's like this totally new, uh, like public form of what's acceptable uh, to, to call an end. Just like now there's like this uh, like you can call reality something which which isn't reality or something like that but yeah I think also the like complication of like or like the hall of mirrors ending thing is like one of the things that always struck me in um, your essay and sleeveless about Kim Kardashian is how like they have evolved with all kind of trends of like consumption so like when reality tv watching patterns change like the Kardashians change and you know they've kind of they've kind of persisted throughout this arc of television and, and pop culture where you know they kind of stood fast through the kind of celebutard Paris Hilton era and kind of morphed into these like ultimate influencers um and I think like that the thing is is that like that's just gonna keep there it's gonna keep going you know there, there will be another trend for them to embody or another kind of direction to take and I think that it it is all to me like definitely influenced by their brands and their like the way they sell products and you know Kim is also already taking a strange pivot with being a voice on Paw Patrol yeah (laughs) which yeah she's like playing a poodle on Paw Patrol which is just not you know, that's not really, um, not, that doesn't really stick with what we've imagined for Kim. She's spent so much time being this like kind of glamazon in Yeezy wear that, you know, now she's kind of like, oh, I'm going to be a character on an animated show. You know, there's just, I think it'll just keep turning and, and there'll, there'll be like, there is a constant kind of reinvention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I think they're all, I think, one of the reasons we've continued to watch them is that they're so obsessed with um, staying relevant and with their looks Mm -hmm. especially and that um, that can't last forever and it'll be interesting to see how um, like if you know if Kim is less and less relevant how that it'll affect the rest of them because she was the first one to be relevant like it's it'll just I don't know like because I like was just watching um the new Gossip Girl and there was like this line that was like um like Kardashian isn't even an autocorrect anymore like they were like just they're so irrelevant and I was like does that apply to the Jenners too like I don't know because I feel like I'm pretty out of touch lately when it comes to that stuff. So I'm like, just sort of, 
I mean, that's why I liked the show is because it's sort of like meant for people like me who just want everything to be laid out, you know, in, in like an easy narrative. But at the same time, I hated the show because it was so disingenuous about what was really going on. So it kind of forced me to look into the rest of their lives, you know, outside of the show. Which is like a genius branding tactic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's like, it's like what, you know, what, how could we possibly know what was intentionally genius about it and and what kind of accidentally happened like I kind of tend to believe that a lot of it was accidental and that like the real smarts was to kind of just go with the flow and to keep asserting to themselves that they were geniuses in that way like I don't I can't possibly imagine that each one of them is as smart as how much money they've made you know what I mean (laughs) no yeah there's no way yeah I mean I think so you're you know like we thought about this a little bit Phoebe and I but Phoebe and I've been having this conversation about like kind of futurity for a while and and you know we were also kind of thinking about the fact that like Kris Jenner is aging you know she's getting into her 60s and you know there's probably a strong point of the show ending because she doesn't want to you know she doesn't want to be on I TV kind of- anymore I wonder if it's more that the daughters were uncomfortable with their looks because I think they seemed more just uncomfortable in general with their looks throughout the years. Like I, I loved the, the moment when um, Kim like really lost her shit when she like, when there were those photos posted or published of her, like with cellulite and, like I just happened to remember like seasons before that she was like if I ever got cellulite I would kill myself like that's a quote I think from Kim and then she's like in the tabloids and the tabloids are saying look at her cellulite it's not like a it's not a situation that most of us have to live with you know and also most of us probably didn't ever say at if I got cellulite, I would kill myself, like much less on TV. And like, it's just like that, the emotional impact of that, I feel like doesn't even really get addressed. Like <laughs> that's the reunion tell all I want is like somebody being like, okay, watch this clip of you saying this. And then like, how do you feel here, here and here? Like you've had to change the way you think about life and yourself so many times in ways that like, you don't have an example to follow, you know, because it's completely like a new scenario every single time that no one else has ever lived. Like, I don't know. I think it must have, I think Chloe talks about it a little bit, but I like fully don't trust anything Chloe says about anything. I think she's like become such a shell of a person that I don't, she's like an automaton now. Like, I mean, she tries to like get sort of emotional about you know what like the impact of the show has had on her relationships and stuff but it's like I don't know like they can't they can't really get into it except for like with their actions which is like leaving the show right I mean I think like that hyper visibility was obviously like too much for all most of them you know I mean Kylie you know locked herself down in the 
in the season 19, I think when it's like COVID, she says like, oh, this is kind of like, I've done this before because like when I was pregnant, I literally didn't leave my house for nine months because like, and at one point there was helicopters like circling my, you know, above my house and I was, I couldn't go anywhere. And, and I think that like, just to like go back for a second to the time capsule thing or the, the last couple episodes of the season where it was again, like visibility about what has happened and they were kind of revisiting and they were kind of bringing it back up, but it was like all, it was all, they chose what comes back mm-hmm. up, you know, like, like you're saying with the reunion, like they're not going to bring back Kim's cellulite scandal. Right. Like that's not going to be in the time capsule. <laughs> like there's like, it's like, it's, it's too, even though arguably that's like a really major, you know, part of like what it, their experience of being on the show was. Um, and in that way, I think it's kind of this kind of like problematic archive with this ending they kind of were pushing I felt like this kind of archive theme of like cataloging things and like playing a game that you know was about oh do you remember when this happened on this season it's kind of it was kind of fan service it was kind of like to help us remember game it was like a scavenger hunt of like moments or something it was like find a way to like show like replay this moment it was like similarly to the the um time capsule for me felt really like winking you know like these are moments that were specifically like created for the show's plot lines like when when an episode needed a little tension to guide the plot this like these moments were those and that's why they they had a hard time remembering them. It was like really cheesy, like what kind of animal was just like plopped into the backyard once. And they're like, I don't know, because it was just for the cameras, like completely, like nobody like went out and bought like a monkey because they wanted to. And like, I feel like that was like, if they, if somebody had made a scavenger hunt, first of all, like just that concept is so funny to me that like the like Chris was like I had somebody make a scavenger hunt of moments of our lives for us to find and like if somebody had done that for anybody whose moments are not you know written like scripted then they would be first of all like super subjective like they would be really hard to define they wouldn't be like I mean, I guess you've seen them on TV, but I don't think, I don't think that's what makes them so sort of um, like tangible. It's that they were scripted and, Mm -hmm. and they were like, I, I felt like that was one moment that was like very meta. I felt like a lot of the, the last season was trying for meta, but then I was kind of like, maybe they should have gone even further or or not done this at all. Cause it's just sort of like frustrating in a way. Yeah, no, that's a good point about the fact that those those moments were all like very much like plot mm-hmm. points that they were. That also that like bringing back that homeless person was so insane. I really hated that. I thought that was kind of horrible. I like lost it. I was like, okay, so you're bringing him back just to exploit him again and to point out that that's what was happening the first time around, that it was like this totally planned, like virtue signaling. And then 
they got him a rental. Like they didn't even buy him an apartment. Even like on like a another scale of like, oh yeah, like we thought about homelessness like five years ago and we're gonna think about it again. And like, oh look, it, it's gotten worse. <laughs> yeah. Like, and like when they were like driving around looking for him, it was kind of like weird and creepy because like it was like, what well, is is he dead? Are you gonna say he's dead? Like <laughs> and then somebody just like recognizes them and is like, fuck you, I think. Yeah. Like, person on the street, and it's like they should show that more. Like, I'm sure that happens to them a lot, actually. What if their Hulu is just them, like, man on the street, <laughs> like, coming up? Yeah. And I think they even, like, didn't they sit around, like, a giant table and just watch him eat? And then they didn't eat him themselves. Like, they were just, like, have a meal. And then they were, like, we don't eat this type of food or something. <laughs> yeah. And, like, they also did that thing. It's, like... Which to me is always like a full on like uh, dehumanization where they kind of like let him be like really creepy and weird and like sexual towards them. Yeah. They just kind of laugh it off because they're like, oh, my God, like I would never like there's no way that this is like a sexual person with like real like desires. <laughs> like so he can say whatever he wants to me. You know what I mean? Because it's just yeah. like calling your like it's how Lisa Vanderpump calls her dogs. Just like you sexy little boy. You know, mm-hmm. it's like they 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 really just treat him in such a strange uh in such a strange way and it's like also oh it's so cute that like you didn't even know who we who we were the first time of course he didn't it was like season one wasn't it that was always so weird that scene where they where they just like take him into chris's like bathtub and like bathe him oh god the pranks and shenanigans in in season 20 were like they had so many weird characters like the weird bunker guy. <laughs> oh god. And the, the alien people. Like, yeah. I mean, besides the thematic, like of like this kind of like future dystopia <laughs> thing or like what's beyond was like kind of interesting. But yeah, I just thought like that the pranks on this season was like felt really weird. And like, or like the plot lines were like really, really manufactured. Yeah, like one one of them was that they weren't sure if Kendall had like returned some Hermes dinnerware and it like lasted a whole episode. <laughs> like you're really talking about Hermes dinnerware for like this long. And then Kendall's like, I yeah. didn't return it. <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> and you can like see Courtney's like disappointment. She's like, oh, <laughs> my idea didn't work. Well, one of my one of my favorite like uh, Chris Jennerisms that now Courtney does all the time is whenever they're going on vacation, she's like, "We need to go on this vacation to make memories." Oh god! Like they're all obsessed with like the creation of of memories, um, which I don't know. Which is I've always thought like it's so like the, the just like the physicality of it because I think that like you become so accustomed to having like a physical camera like a physical dvd or whatever that you literally become like indoctrinated into like everything that you're doing is 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 for like a a creation of an object yeah well and I also kind of interpret that to mean like they need to make they need to create moments in which they are all together and um, like not unhappy, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I 
like I assume especially because on this season they kind of bring it up well like Scott brings it up where like he's like I don't know if we would hang out this much if it weren't for the show and it's like for sure they wouldn't and they've already said that like Mm -hmm. I know that they like Courtney or Kylie like have said that said as much they're like I don't know if I want to be here and they're like you kind of have to be or whatever but the fact that the yeah that Chris is constantly like we need to make memories and that's sort of like shorthand for like this has to happen for the show but it kind of also acts as like this this other like message that it's like if you don't you know spend all this time and money and effort trying to like have happy family time then like only the negative stuff will like bubble up to the surface I I guess like you know in google searches literally but also like sort of in family life like I think she thinks she's like doing us she's like kind of like teaching us lessons about like how how to become a good family because she thinks her family is like the best yeah it reminds me of like when I was growing up my mom would be like we have to have like a family game night and like everyone was like we don't want to <laughs> and, like every time we did it my sister would like you just like get too competitive and I was like we don't need to have game night <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think you're right that it's like it is kind of this like this is how nice families behave. And I guess, you know, there is something like you do, it is good to like intentionally, I don't know, make time or whatever. But yeah, I think the creating memories is interesting, BB, like you're saying, because it also is like they are literally creating them. Like they are somewhat scripting them. They are, they are performing them. They like, you know, they're doing it in service of their of their collective, of their collection of memories, which is the right. Show. And like if yeah, if, if you were talking to somebody and it was like about what that really means, like making them, you know, like make like intentionally spending time with your family, like that does make sense. But the fact is that she's like, not, that's not what's happening. Like she keeps saying it, like we all know we're all on the same page. Like this is, you know, what's happening is family time, but the rest of the cast are kind of just looking at her like, okay. Yeah yeah sure that's what we're doing you know it's like everybody knows why they're doing it they would they don't even like the places they spend vacations probably you know like they would rather be in more exotic places or less exotic places I don't know like it's it's all about like the resort deal they got because then they have to show the name of the resort a million times like it's really obvious what's happening but then you kind of like slowly I don't know. Maybe it's not obvious to everyone. Maybe some people, I don't know, don't, don't get like neurotic about that like I do. <laughs> well, something wild, and I don't, I don't know if this is true or not, but I'm pretty sure that the Kardashians stayed at the same like, like super XL, like Airbnb Aspen mansion that the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills stayed at. Oh, they did. Yeah. It's in Tahoe. Tahoe? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, it was the same one. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the house I stayed there at first. Which is so, honestly, that's like embarrassing for the Kardashians. I know. Well, then you get to see how each show edits differently because with the housewives, you really saw that that place was super cheesy and had like 
live, laugh, love posters, <laughs> but the Kardashians didn't show that at all. It made it seem super classy and like, I don't know, that's, I wonder how much we don't see of their other vacation spots. Do you watch Vanderpump Rules at all? I don't know. So it's basically Lisa Vanderpump from uh, Beverly Hills. She has this restaurant called Sir, and it's it's like about the staff. But Gemma and I, it's in it's in uh, LA, and Gemma and I like went there mm-hmm. a couple like a month or two ago, and it was so crazy because on the show it looks. I mean, it doesn't look nice, but like it looks like it's you know it's a it's not a horrible restaurant. But we went there and all their like statues and their bar, like it's all like made of plastic. Really? Yeah. It's trash. I've driven by it, and it's like doesn't look nice no it's trash it's like full-on trash and the food is horrible the one bar (laughs) pump the one bar pump the windows were literally like you couldn't see out of them they were like so dirty true i mean it's just like slapped together with like wood glue and styrofoam it was (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i mean i'm pretty sure that like that's like the most expensive part of a lot of, not all of them but a lot of the houses like is the cinematography it's just like a really nice camera yeah you know like all those fucking street easy two bedrooms that are actually like oh my god i know <laughs> like that's what it is at the end of the day you're just yeah. like, this is this is not three bedrooms two baths my friend <laughs> um so have you been watching the current seasons of Beverly Hills in New York? I have. Um, I'm obsessed. I Well, I love Beverly Hills this season. I think it's the best one that I've ever seen. Really? I mean, I've said that before. So maybe I'll like look back and see if I'm being honest with myself. But it's truly like such a good drama of a TV show. Like if I was thinking that if I mean I'd really like to just do this for myself for maybe like an experiment or or an exercise like I would like to just write a transcript of the entire season but taking out all of the confessionals because I think it really would make an excellent stage play yeah like I think everything that they say I mean I guess I would take out a few of the little like asides and sort of like Uh, the drama with crystal isn't very interesting to me but you know like everything having to do with erica and kathy hilton as characters is just like wonderfully done kathy (laughs) hilton is a star i know and like i feel like everybody's like where has she been this whole time and i'm like haven't you been watching like watch what happens live like andy has been trying to get her on the show this whole time like since the very beginning and he finally did the amazing thing about Kathy and Erica together is that I get this real sense that Kathy doesn't really realize she's on tv like she Mm -hmm. I don't think she fully grasps like the concept of like the show like she's always kind of like oh what are you wearing like why are you wearing that crazy outfit it's like it's on tv and like (laughs) (laughs) you know we need that and also we I, I love that like there's sort of this huge difference now between New York and Beverly Hills because Kathy is, I think Kathy's giving this contrast of like the 
the old seasons, like how they used to behave. And, mm-hmm. and like the New York cast kind of still behaves the same way. Yeah. But they haven't really glammed up so much. And like maybe some people came on and were like more glam, but they kind of got cut down to size because like Ramona's just like never going to let anybody outshine her. And so she's just like, what are you doing? Like, that's inappropriate. Like, we're dressed like this, you know? Yeah. It's like now on Beverly Hills, it's like you have like Dorit and Erica and like everybody's like now wearing a high ponytail and like rhinestone, like millions of bobby pins in their hair, like every single time they go out. And it's just like, oh, like it's kind of this like strange race to like who can be the most, can like be the most excessive in the end or something. Yeah. Well, and and Erica, you get the sense, you know, in contrast to Kathy, like she really knows she's on TV and she's like really performing. I mean, she wore that that mascara that wasn't waterproof. I know. <laughs> it was incredible. It was like bravo. She really, she's really like yeah, bravo to bravo. Yeah. She's in her Oscar <laughs> season. Like she's playing this really well. I also love that she's kind of like brought her act her like southern accent back. And she's kind of like transformed her like she's like, I was that man hurt me. <laughs> She's just bringing that so It's amazing. Forward. And the fact that she was just playing Roxy Hart in Chicago, it's like so perfect. Yeah. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> New York, I mean, Phoebe's been talking, I mean, Phoebe, I don't know if you want to say something about this, but like, we've been talking a lot about like how New York is like really bumming us out. Yeah. Yeah. This season's not so great. Yeah. I think that Sonia is my favorite of all time, but yeah, it's like sad to see her go through it. Yeah, Sonia, Phoebe actually for my birthday with my boyfriend got me a cameo from Sonia. Oh, and she says my name Gemma, and it's beautiful. It's the best <laughs> gift I've ever received. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Well, there was also that. Um, I think that you you write in sleeveless about how you started watching New York because they were all Trump supporters or they they're all the affiliations with Trump, but then you kind of start watching it with like this visceral hatred or disgust, but then you actually end up like having emotional connections. Like um, I always love Sonia, but then there is this. Uh, I think it was like the end of season four. It's like she's like giving Jeffrey Epstein like a big hug and a kiss at like one of her birthday parties. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, I think that's why I love Sonia is because she did like live that real New York Mm -hmm. lifestyle that they all kind of pretend that they didn't. And she's so upfront about it. She's like, oh yeah, I was like in bed with, you know, the stones or something. She's like, she's like Patsy from AbFab. Like she's so just like on PC, but like for some reason it comes off as like way more like nice than the rest. I, I think it's just more genuine. Well, she's but, yeah. like the voice of reason in these discussions about like, not really the full voice of reason, but about race. She's been like the most able to like keep her shit together. Yeah. No, it's funny how it kind of like comes around because 
if you're being honest the whole time, then you can easily just keep on being honest and like say the right thing. But if you're like lying constantly about every single aspect of your personality, it's like hard to kind of pivot and like be like start having discussions about race on reality television when like that wasn't what you signed up for. Yeah. I mean, I think that Sonia, like something that's like so incredible about Sonia is that she is like unabashedly a full on like sex object. And I don't think that she shies away from it ever. Like no matter how old she gets, like with the facelift stuff and everything. Mm -hmm. And I think that she like, because of that, she like presents herself as that, you know, like it even opens up where she's like sleeping with that horrible horse girl's um, ex-boyfriend or whatever. Remember who was like, I'm up here and you're down here to Bethany, whatever. Um, Oh, I think I remember that. Whatever. Just like, but like, that's how it opens. Sonia's like 20 years older than she is. And she's like, well, I'm fucking your boyfriend. But I think (laughs) that like, she also like presents herself that way to us. You know what I mean? Like, like the viewer. And I think that like a lot, like even someone like Ramona, even someone like Leah, oh, like you get the sense that they think that they're better than people who watch the show. I think even Leah's been like, yeah, like I never watched the show or something like that. But I think that Sonia's just like. Not a lie. There's no way. She's like a super fan. Maybe, maybe it was, maybe it was, uh, what's her name? Um, She did say that. I think Leah said that. And I was like, oh, hell no, she wouldn't say that. I, I really, I'm sorry, but I like, I really can't stand Leah. I think that she's like, I think she's the worst. (laughs) <laughs> I really hate her so much I feel like she'd be like fun to hang out with in real life but that's not what I want from a television star yes we were talking about this how like we don't like, <laughs> like how like Ebony is like so used to being like a newscaster that she has like really well prepared statements every word like hits she she's yeah. measured Phoebe and I were like I don't want that in a reality TV star like I want a Ramona who like can barely speak English <laughs> no and it's it's really depressing like kind of hearing the feedback when I do watch watch what happens live with like I mean everybody loves like the people who you're supposed to love and when there's like a protagonist that they introduce everybody's like I'm living for her and it's like they have these celebrity guests that are like I'm obsessed I want to be her friend and it's like okay then go be her friend but like we don't have to see that like we're not here for that like can I have a voice here because like it's weird that you guys want to watch that show what show is this I don't know I mean I think I've gotten into arguments with a few people about Erica like not real ones but kind of like where I'm like Erica is absolutely the protagonist of this season and she's absolutely sort of this like femme fatale that is being cut down to size. Like it's a, it's this very like film noir, like kind of perfect mm-hmm. plot that mm-hmm. has, that is real and organic and it happens and it happened to Anna Nicole Smith and like we're watching it in real time and it's amazing. And I am happy that we're watching it, but that does not make me a like fan of her as a person or like team Erica. And that is like, really bizarre to me that all of my friends are like what you have to be team erica or something like you know it's not that cut and dry but they're sort of just like how do you not trust her or believe her 
when like my trust and belief is in no one on the show especially because it's a edited television show made for my entertainment yeah mm-hmm. and the fact that she married this man for his money in the first place was never a secret the fact that she like is revealing now that he was cheating on her and that she didn't mind or that she looked the other way kind of makes it very obvious that she's lied about a lot of things like how am I supposed to trust her of course not but I'm like here for the content of course you know yeah of course I mean it's I mean that's I think that's something that these shows do all the time is like like with like even like the Denise scandal season it's like they make the whole thing about like did it happen didn't it happen or like is she lying is she not lying and you know I think that there's probably plenty of people who view it who like get into that but I agree with you that there's like it's all for me all the entertainment is all the nuance of like those interactions and like how these characters are playing themselves rather than like like this idea that these shows are kind of about like the pursuit of truth or like who said what like are you telling the truth not like the point you know or but but the pursuit is interesting because everyone the idea that they're they're so wealthy and that they only become more wealthy and like they're just doing this in service of their wealth and kind of I don't know it's like this whole idea that we're like supposed to form relationships with them and like bonds or like feel sort of um like related to any of them is seems ridiculous like the the idea the original intention of the show of the franchise of Real Housewives was that we were um, looking at the lifestyles of the rich and the famous up close and and kind of poking a hole in there. You know, like we were supposed to look and see like, it's miserable being at the top kind of thing. And now it's become so like, I'm a, I'm a Ramona kind of, it's like, it doesn't, this isn't sex in the city. Like <laughs> these are not, it's not supposed to be this way. Yeah. Yeah, well, we we const- Gemma Gemma will sometimes like we were we've been watching the the Bachelorette, and we get into an argument a lot where Gemma's like, "Are you Team Greg or Team Katie?" I do fall into, <laughs> the and I teams. was like really bitchy last week. I was like, "That's like so below me that I would ever be like a team." Like it's more about like the formal aspects of like watching and like who are you, like whose team are you supposed to be on? Um, but yeah, I mean, do you think that that's it? Like, is that like why you continue to to watch the the show? Like, I, 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 my uncle, I was hanging out with him the other day and he was like, yeah, like I heard that you like have a podcast about reality television. Like, I totally believe Erica. Like, I can't believe blah, 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 blah. And he was like, who's like, what? And he was so like into it. And I was like, I don't care. Like, I don't really think that. I mean, I think she obviously did it and he was like how can you say that like but she did x y and z and i i think a lot of people watch the show because like uh they they get this like insight into people's lives and they feel like they're they're literal friends you know or they feel as if like having an opinion on a person or backing a certain person like makes them closer to them in a certain way but that's like never why i like i i almost watch it as like the soothing technique of like narrative display mm-hmm. you know well and like the fact that she's on this season at all I mean it's unbelievable to me that she agreed to do the show um, yeah going on and she knew it was going to go on and 
it makes me think about all those times that there's been a housewife that's like newly introduced and then they immediately get a divorce and it's like oh so like you needed to create an, another source of income for yourself you also needed to like create a narrative for yourself that makes you seem um like you were being mistreated and you've been working on that on this show mm -hmm. and this is a really smart move but also to me it's not like I'm just it's like would be a smart move if a million people hadn't done it before you that is why I keep watching like those little things because I mean that's also going to happen on the real housewives of on Salt Lake City like Jen Shaw you know like cameras were rolling when she was arrested is really like word on the street <laughs> I haven't watched Salt Lake City but now I want to because of that it's pretty bonkers like the mormonism is just like well out it's of like this, this excellent show because all of them know how to be on a reality show so it's just like it's just like candy you know you like walk into like aji ichiban or whatever and it's all there but yeah. yeah no they just know how to do it it's like it, it like f boy island even it's just like it's just like brilliant reality television mm -hmm. because people know exactly what's good like the producers the editors the people on the show like they know exactly how to make someone a villain how to frame it and the and the woman on salt lake city are just like experts at all the ins and outs yeah it takes like they know what they're being cast as mm -hmm. um i think we can probably wrap it up but i mean i i did read your column so i know you're watching fyi <laughs> it's already over so did you finish did you finish yeah. the, the season or the show yeah i watched all of it <laughs> me too i finished it last night I thought the ending was satisfying, except for like, I think one of them is lying. So yeah. What do you mean? Like the, I, I feel like the structure or like the format of the show kind of has a hole in it. Cause one, like one of the fuckboys gets picked and then I think he's supposed to, like if the, if the format was better, he's supposed to reveal that he doesn't really love her and that he would never date her in real life but yeah he say that so it doesn't really work yeah I was not surprised by Garrett's admission to not well I was surprised that he said it yeah I mean I thought that was kind of cool I was like okay was really cool. <laughs> was really cool. I, that was really satisfying and like the girl's reaction and I was like you fucking deserve this you idiot like why would you pick him but then the fact that the other girl Nakia like picks the second most heinous man and he's like jokes on you I love her and it's like no you don't first of all he seemed gay to me me too fully seems gay <laughs> and he's an asshole he was also always screaming in his confessionals <laughs> yeah. and wearing scarves in like 80 degree weather and little glasses I mean some of the fashion was so Instagram fashion on that show I was like this is amazing insane the perfect I mean that that show is just also so good just like the professions it was the like TikTok influencer Bitcoin investor yeah and the fact that one of them has like lover boy tattooed on his neck but then they were like 
oh, I was so surprised when he said he was a fuckboy. And it's like, <laughs> it's basically fuckboy on his neck. And his his name is Welcome. <laughs> I know. That was, he was my favorite one. I think Welcome was my favorite one. Yeah, he was hot. He, he was, was like, I need to reveal. I need to reveal something to you. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's huge admission, but I've been in open relationships and I really like them. And she's like, <laughs> oh my God, welcome. Sarah was so, she was so dumb. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, she had nothing behind her eyes. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I like <sighs> CJ though, not, not to be uh, this um, gauche, but I did like CJ. <laughs> <laughs> I followed yeah. her on Instagram actually well no I thought I don't know if this happened to you but like I followed her and then immediately f- I got five follows by like escorts in LA me too I got spammed yeah me too oh wow that's smart of the escorts yeah brilliant yeah. escorts um I think that's probably good place to stop uh thanks so much for coming this was such a fun convo love i could talk about this stuff forever so it's always fun to talk about somebody else who has a a passion (laughs) yeah thanks for having me on this was really fun yeah well you're welcome you're welcome to come again anytime anytime you'd like (laughs) okay um thanks so much we'll talk to you later all right bye bye thanks
and flair and savoir faire you don't have to be rich or famous to be unforgettable haha <laughs> it's not about where you're from it's about what you've learned money can't buy your class money can't buy your class Class. 